Pastor Mike here. I hope you're having a great summer of connection so far. I wish I was with you today, but I'm currently serving on a mission team in Puerto Rico. Today, you are in for a treat. It's my pleasure to introduce you to a friend of mine. Originally hailing from Tupelo, Mississippi, Jonathan Rainey has been a longtime follower of Jesus and has used his passion for sports to build a platform impacting lives with his passion for Jesus. Currently, he serves as a chaplain for the University of Washington football team and is one of two chaplains serving our Seattle Seahawks. He's also a key leader for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the greater Seattle region. Jonathan is always trying to share the love of Jesus with as many people as possible. He shared before at Overlake with our students, our young adults, and here in the pulpit, and it's an honor to be led by him today. So, would you please give my friend Jonathan a warm Overlake welcome. Good morning, OCC. How are you guys doing? Your pastor is too nice. I love, I love Mike because uh, he reminds me of one of, my, one of my professors in seminary said. He says, good pastors always have the scripture in one hand and the, and the newspaper in another hand because Mike preaches the word, but he preaches the word in the context of current events. And so I am grateful for your pastor. So thank you guys for welcoming me here today. Uh, I'm a Southern preacher, Tupelo, Mississippi. So you know, down in Mississippi, we have church all day long. So when Mike told me I had 30 minutes to preach, I was like, I pray sometimes that long. So I'm not going to belabor the point. We're going to come and hear from uh, God's word and ask God's spirit to bless God's word. So can I open us up in prayer? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, Lord, only because you first loved us, God. We are so thankful for who you are, thankful for your son, God. He is the express image of the invisible God, the word tells us, God. We thank you so much for Jesus' life, his sacrifice, but even more than that, we thank you that he got out of the grave on the third day with all authority and power in his hand, God. So for that, our souls say thank you. We're grateful. We're thankful for what Jesus did on the cross, that he freed us from our sin, and he brought peace with you, God, that we have communion now with you, that we can talk to you, we can be friends with you, we can hang out with you, we can abide with you, we can be taught by you, we can be discipled by you, we can have fellowship with you, Lord, we can be in your presence because of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. So we say thank you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. The psalmist says your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. So Father, we pray that you would move us, Lord, you would illuminate our steps that you would shepherd us where we need to go. And, oh, God, we thank you for your spirit. Your spirit, Lord, God with us. The promise of the Father access. Not just salvation, not just going to heaven, but the promise of the Father is that God will live inside of us via his Holy Spirit, that he will be true to his word, that he'll never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. So, God, I can't say as a Christian that I'm ever alone because I have you. And I'm grateful for that. So God, as we dive into your word, illuminate your word, we ask, Lord, today that your people may never be the same. God, I pray for those who do not know you, this will be the day that they come to know you. And I pray that those who walk with you, they will walk with you closer because they've heard your word. So Spirit of God, take the word of God and minister to the hearts and the minds of God's people that they may be more like the Son of God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be reading from Luke chapter 14, and I think we're going to have the scriptures on the board, and so we have a lot to unpack today. 
and we're going to uh, try to get you guys out of here at 10.55. Is that all right if we go a little bit over? Yeah. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> all right. Like six people said, yeah, maybe not. All right. Luke chapter 14, verses uh, 15 through, through 24. Before we read that, I want to give you a little context about what's going on. So the gospel of Luke was written to the Gentiles. It was, one of the, it was the only Gentile gospel that was written to the Gentile. Luke, the physician, wrote the book, of, the gospel of Luke. It actually is a, some theologians say it was a two-part book. You would actually put Luke and the book of Acts together and read it as one volume. And so Luke, uh, primary theme in the book of Luke was that Jesus is the son of man. It speaks about his humanity. We know that, that Jesus was both God, 100% God, and 100% man. There's a fancy word they use in the, uh, theological circles called a hypostatic union. He was 100% God. He could walk on water, spit, and make people get, get their eyesight. He could tell the winds and the waves, chill out. You know, it's going to be sunny in Seattle today. And, and so he, he could do those things, but he was also 100% man. Did he hurt? That he had compassion. He had emotions. He, he, he identified with our humanity. And so Luke's primary goal is to write to these Gentiles believers. And you'll see little different nuances in the gospel of Luke that's different than the gospel of Matthew. Matthew was written primarily to the Jews. Mark was written primarily to the Jews in Rome. Uh, uh, and, 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 the, and the gospel of John was written to that show that Jesus was the son of God. He says that all may believe that he's the son of God. And you see in the gospel of Matthew, we have this great sermon, which we call the Sermon on the Mount, Right? And you see, you hear that whole, blessed are they, blessed, blessed. But you hear in the Gospel of Luke, we have the, thing, the, the sermon called the Sermon on the Plain. It identifies with the, with the Gentiles. And so uh, Luke's primary goal is to share that Jesus came for those who are broken, those who are maimed, those who are blind, those who have no strength, no power. And his main focus is to save that which was what? Lost. Amen? And so we want to read the Gospel of Luke in that context that he is the son of man, that he came to seek and save that which was lost. And we'll dive into Luke chapter 14, verses uh, 15 through 24. He says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it is to be an attended a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied to, with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all begin to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen. He bought 10 oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Hmm. The ladies laughed at that, amen? Always blaming the women, just like Adam did. The wife you gave me, Lord. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. The master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. Interesting, that's who Jesus came to, came to save. And he goes, and he says, after the servant had done this, he reported, and this is the title, title of, our, of our sermon today. These six words, there is still room for more. Circle that. There is still room for more. He says, after he went and got the, blame, the, the, the lame, the cripple, and the blind, he says, the servant came back and says, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come so that the house will be full. 
Can, can I stop right there before I read the last section? This is God's heart. He wants his house to be what? Full. He, he, he says, I don't want there to be any restrictions here. I, he says, I want my house to be full. He says, his servant says, there's still more room. There's still more room. He says, he says go out to the country. He says, I want my house to be full. His house being full is a picture of his people. Because what does God want to do with you? He wants to fill you with his spirit, does he not? He says, I've come to give them life and life what? to the full, more abundantly, overflowing. Amen. He says, that's what I want from them. And he talks about the, the ones who made excuses last. He says, for none of those I first invited will even get to the smallest taste of my banquet. L look at the heart of God. God says, I, I'm sitting on invitations, and I want my house to be full. This God of love, this God of grace, this God of mercy, this God of truth, this God of justice, he does this primarily, and the only way he does this is through the blood of his son. But he says, and we're going to get to that, but, 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 but he says, I have this great love and compassion for humanity, and I want them to come in and experience who I am. The Bible says the goodness of God, the love, the grace, the mercy of God that draws men to what? Repentance, to change. And he goes and, and, and he says, God has this great, incredible compassion humanity. Let's unpack this real quick and we'll, we'll let you guys go. Uh, th there'll be three points. Is that all right? It's okay? All right. Amen. They said real quick. Amen. I, I, I'll, get you, I'll get out of your way. We'll unpack this real quick. So we have three points. My bride has always told me, Jonathan, condense your sermons down because sometimes I have five, six, seven points. And, and we're going to have three points today, and we're going to be done with it. The first point, if you guys write this and who are taking notes, write this down in your notes. Point number one, we see the request of the master. We see the request of the master. We see that in verse 16 and 17. Now, get this. I'm going to read as you're writing these notes down. Uh, he says in uh, Luke 14, 15, he says, Now, uh, uh, hearing this, a man sitting at the table uh, with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Now, now this is coming off of three parables that Jesus had actually taught earlier in Luke chapter 14. You guys remember, he, he talked about healing a man on the Sabbath in, in Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Uh, and he also talked about the parable of, they call it the parable of the ambitious guest and how these men would go to this, this, this supper and they would try to sit close to the guest. Well, Jesus says, no, 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 take the lower place and, and allow the guest to bring you up. And he talks about he who is exalted will be humbled and he who is humble shall be what? Exalted. Talks about how pride will keep you away from the table. And then lastly, it's interesting, he plays on these, these, this, 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 this teaching. He talks about, he says, when you have a dinner, he says, don't just bring your friends and your brothers. He says, but bring those who can never pay you back. He says, bring the lame, the poor, the blind, the cripple. He says, that's who you're supposed to have the dinner for. Get this, the Pharisees who he's hanging out with, and they were trying to catch him. The Pharisees were trying to catch him in a trap. And, and it was amazing how he says, no, 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 just don't uh, share with people you like and who can do something for you because that's not love. Love is, is not when you only can do something for people who like you, but when you can do something for people who don't like you. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. He says, he, says, he says, not only love those who you like, but love your enemies, right? <laughs> he says, that's the true definition of love. And he says, and so he's telling these, these Pharisees, he says, hey guys, he says, you guys are missing the whole point. And guess what? I love this because it's always that one guy. Say one guy. 
It's always that one guy that gets it. You know, Jesus is, is, is teaching here. It's on the Sabbath. So as a Jew, he can't walk around a whole lot. I think they only could take 40 steps on the Sabbath. So he's just lounging and he's teaching the whole day. And, these, and this one guy gets it and he makes this statement. He says, hearing this, the man sat at the table with Jesus. And he says, what a blessing it would be to attend the banquet. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to teach these men. I love this about our God. God never loses any experiences in our lives to what? Teach us. Both the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, he uses them all. Get this, if you are struggling right now and your walk with God, trust me, God will use this to grow you, to teach you, to mature you, to lift you up, to give you a proper understanding of who he is. God is using every opportunity. And he goes on and he shares this parable. And point number one, we see the request of the master. He says, Jesus replied and says, a man prepared a feast. And sent out many invitations. Now, in the uh, Near East culture at that time, they would actually prepare a feast and they would send out an RSVP. You guys know what RSVP means? Respond if you still be playing. I, I took a little, little French back in college. Yeah, with the French people out. Never mind. Anyway, so, so he sent out an RSVP and they would respond to the RSVP. Anybody had a wedding and you send out RSVPs and you're waiting on people to respond because you got to know how much food to cook? So he sends out this RSVP, and, he, and people respond and say, yeah, we coming. We hook it up. And me being a Mississippi boy, I have this picture, this mental picture that Jesus is, like, hooking up this banquet. Like, he got collard, collard greens, cornbread, fried corn, lima beans, pinto beans, black beans, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a macaroni and cheese. Can I get an amen, somebody? Some fried fish, you know what I mean? Some steak, you know? Some, you know, he probably didn't have no swine because he's Jewish, amen? <laughs> no shellfish. But, 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 but he's hooking up this feast because... He's making this, this, this food based off the amount of people that said, yes, they're going to come. So he sends this request out. And it's a request of grace. He says, come, experience my grace, my love, my benevolence to you. And, and God does that every day with, through, his, through his son by his spirit. He says, come, I have life, grace, peace for you. I'm extending a table for you. Every day he's invite, inviting. He says, come, come, come. Come, come experience my grace. Come experience my presence. Come experience the love that I have for you. And he sends out this invitation. And they, and they all respond to tell the guests. And so the, the picture there is the guest had responded, yes, because he sends his servant there. And he says, come, everything is ready. So God has set the stage. All you have to do is enjoy. Get this. That is a picture of the gospel. How many people know that to get saved and, 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 and to be a Christian, to be saved, how much can you do to do that? Zero. It is all of God. It's God's work. It's God's he, he starts it. He, he completes it. He finishes it. He does it all. Hebrew says like this, God is the author and the what? Finisher of our what? faith. He says, you can't take no credit. That's why I think he actually said about the whole pride thing. He says, you exalt yourself, you will be humble. Get this. He says, he says, humble yourself. He says, I prepare everything. All you have to do is come and receive. Come and receive that which I prepared for you on your behalf. So we see the request of the master in verse 16 and 17. Point number two, we see the rejection of the master. Man, we're going to hear some excuses, y'all. <laughs> excuses, man, they, 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 they something else. Excuses. Spurgeon said this. He says, he says, a man who makes excuses, when he stops making, making excuses, he will, actually have, he will actually have hope in this life. That's pretty deep. 
Spurgeon said that back in the day. A man who stops making excuses will actually have hope in this life. Get this. These men have made this, got this RSVP, and they said, yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. And, and, and the master is cutting up lamb. You know, he gets some shawarma, some, some gyro meat. You know, he's cutting up lamb, chicken, you know, for the brothers that like chicken, because I like chicken. That's not a racist thing, because I'm black. But anyway, he's, he's cutting up chicken. You know, he's taking, he, uh, he's cutting up hog, not hog, but, but, but cows and all these different animals, and he's hooking up this feast. He's making this thing ready. And everything is ready to go. And the Bible says they all begin to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Now, quick question. When you have supper time, what time is supper time usually? Six o'clock. So, you know, in Palestine, the sun goes down. It's close, close to the equator. It actually goes down around six o'clock. So what man is going to inspect the field at nighttime? Excuse, right? It's an excuse. And get this, we know from uh, 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 old ancient antiquities of the, the whole history of the ancient Israel that before they would even buy a field, they would walk it, inspect every little bit of it, and they would memorize it, and they would go back to the person that we're going to buy this from, and they would tell them all the dimensions. So this excuse is nothing but a, a fancy word for what? A lie. He lied. He says, I, I got to go check my field. I got to go inspect my field. Nighttime. No, no, bro, you don't. Uh, 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 you, you, you ain't got to do that. You, it's nighttime. You can't see your field. Another said, I bought five pairs of oxen, ten oxen. I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Amazing. Same principle. You do not buy a field without seeing it. You do not buy oxen without actually trying them out. You don't buy a new car without actually what? Getting in that thing and test driving. Amen. You don't, you don't do that. So he's making an excuse, which turns out to be a what? A lie. He says, I know you got fried chicken, you got cornbread, you got fried corn, you got macaroni and cheese, you got greens, green beans. I know you got that, but I got to go check out my oxen. And then the last one says, I just got married, so I cannot come. It's amazing because I like, I like this one the most. Because he didn't say, please excuse me. He just said, I'm just not coming. Have you ever had somebody just flat out reject Christ and they don't make any excuses? I, I don't want that whole Christianity deal. I don't want that. But God's still sending out his what? Invitation. He's saying, even though you reject me, guess what? I still accept you. My love is still there. My love is greater than your sin. Love covers what? A multitude, the Bible says, of sins. He says, my love is still greater. And guess what this did? It angered the master, it angered him. So he was rejected by three excuses. Well, we're going to change that, three lies. Two lies and really one that says, I just don't want to come. I know I said I was going to go, but I, I just don't want to come. And he has this rejection. And so the master is angered. And he goes, and point number three, and we'll close with this. We see the response of the master. We see the response of the master. And we see this from verse 21. Verses 24. The servant returned and told his master that what they had said. And the master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, There is still more room for more. 
This is a picture, of, uh, this is a contextual picture of Jesus making an invitation to the Jews. Guys, I just want you guys to see this. I want to... I wanna, properly exegete this. This is a picture of Jesus making an uh, invitation to the Jews, and the Jews says, no, 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 we, we, we're good, we, we, we're okay. And then he says, well, go get the blind, the poor, the main, and the cripple. And I love the way he does that because he says it early in the, in the scripture, in, in, early in Luke chapter 14. But I love this because what do the poor, the blind, the maimed, and the cripple have in common with the ones who just rejected? They're still loved by Jesus, amen. But guess what? They can't make excuses. A blind man can't see a field to make an excuse. He can't walk a field to see, to make an excuse. A crippled man can't test out oxen. A poor man can't buy oxen or field. And a main man never got married because he was seen as what? Cursed. These guys have no excuses. They have no excuses. And one thing I love about them, because they're Jews, they just come on in. So the servant goes and he gets them because they don't have excuses. Get this. People who got it all together, who, who seemingly got it all together, i.e. the Pharisees and the Sadducees, guess what? They have what? Excuses. But people like me who've been abused, who suffered, been bullied, Jesus says, come on in. I got love, I got grace, I got mercy for you. I'm like, please accept me because there's cornbread in there too. <laughs> and they don't make fried chicken, amen. And, and they don't make excuses. They don't make excuses. They didn't make excuses. Then Jesus, he, the, the servant comes back and he says, but there's still more room for more. And he says, go to the highways. And the, the country lanes and the edges, hedges, and urge, that word urge in the original language means to compel. He says, it means to share with passion. Like, you guys got to come in. You guys got to come in. You got to come in. You got to come experience this. You have to come experience this. It is actually a, a word of persuasion. Please, please, check this out. We got fried chicken, cornbread, macaroni, cheese, the shawarmas, lamb, the whole nine yards. Come check this out. The only reason he says this word, to urge, is because the people in the country would not think they're worthy to be there. So you almost got to convince them. He says, I want to urge you to come. Because these people didn't even have houses. They would live outside on the road. They would live uh, uh, together on the side of the road. And, and these people, mostly Gentiles, because of these Jews, they had to be urged to come. And guess who he's talking about? We're not the blind, the cripple, and the lame. Metaphorically, we are. But really, we're the one on the hedges and the country lanes because we're outside of, quote, unquote, the chosen people of God. And this God who these Pharisees would not even uh, think to have Gentiles come into the fold of the great banquet of Jesus. God says, no, bring them in too, because I have compassion, I have grace, I have mercy. And with those Gentiles, it didn't matter their color. 
It didn't matter their culture. It didn't matter their history, their background, what they'd done, who they were at that moment. All he said was come and sit at the table because if you sit at the table, guess what's going to happen to you? Transformation. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna experience the one who has more love than you got sinned. You're going to experience the one who loves you more than you even love your next breath. You're going to experience the one who says, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. You're going to experience grace that you never thought you would ever experience. Love and acceptance and peace and joy and contentment. And Jesus Christ is that person. He says, come. He says, you ain't got to get cleaned up first. He says, come and eat and I'll clean you up. He says, come to the table and I'll clean you up. You'll experience the one who's the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great I am, the one who was, who is, and who is to come, who, who is timeless. you experience that God wrapped up in human flesh. He says, you'll experience your creator. He says, there's room. There's much room. There's much room. So he says, come. I urge you to come. Because of the compassion of our God, he says, come. He says, come. He goes, he says, for none of those in the first will be those I first invited will even get to the smallest taste of my banquet. You notice how Jesus takes it from a point of, he's making a story. He's sharing a story. He says, there was a man. And guess what he does now? He makes it personal. He says, I'm that man. I'm that guy. I'm the one. He's talking to these Pharisees. He says, and, but there's grace there because they can change and they can do what? They can come as well. Who was the guy who actually took uh, Jesus off the cross? I'll give you a hint. He came to Jesus by night in John chapter 3. Say, Nicodemus. You guys remember Nicodemus? He was a Pharisee. He was, he was a teacher of the teachers, right? And this man takes Jesus off the cross, a beaten and battered Savior. At Passover, he takes this bloody Jesus off the cross and defiles himself. So he himself couldn't actually celebrate Passover. And you couldn't do that as a Jew. I like Nicodemus' faith because he comes from, he comes at night. Nicodemus come out at night. <laughs> Nicodemus come out at night. And then next thing you know, he's coming in the daytime where all can see. You see his professional faith by his works. And he takes this Savior, this battered and bruised Savior off the cross he's touched by Jesus as he's bleeding and he makes himself ceremonially unclean but you know what he says I don't need the ceremony anymore because I got the real thing I got Jesus Christ I got Jesus Christ in closing Overlake all I want I came here to tell you today is that there is a feast and that Jesus has prepared it and he says all can come that's why I believe he died on the cross like this he says all can come all can come it doesn't matter your social status, it doesn't matter your education, it doesn't matter your gender, it doesn't matter your color, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, how much sin you commit, how little sin you commit. All can come because my grace, my mercy is what you need. All can come. Before I close, there are two people, two characters in this scripture that I love, and I think we overlook them from time to time. The first character is obviously the master, amen? But the second character is the servant. It's amazing. The, servant, the word servant in Greek is doulos. It actually means somebody who's, who's 
submitted his will to uh, fully, not partially, not 15%, 20%, 99.9, but 100% to the will of another. Get this, the servant has the heart of his master. His master says, go out and get the poor, the blind, the lame, and, and the blind. And he says, yes, sir, I'm going to get it. Because he had the same heart of his master, did he not? And then he says, master, we got more room. <laughs> we got more room. He says, okay, go to the hedges and the, and, the, and the country lanes and go get them. He says, yes, sir. Because he had the heart of his master. For those of us who are believers in here today, guess what? You are that servant. And God's called you to have his heart. He's called you to operate in his heart. He says, I want you to go to your family. I want you to go to your job. I want you to go to wherever people are and tell them we still got more room. Amen. We still got more room. But as I close, you might have somebody here today. And I want you to look to the person beside you and say, do you need me to take you down? Because there's still more room at the end. This is my altar call, guys. I come here, I preach once a year. And I don't want you to leave out of this place not knowing Jesus Christ. Get this. Get this. Salvation is this. Christ died for your sins. And the Holy Spirit moves upon your heart to submit your will to him. And say, Father, I submit my will to you. And guess what happens? The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and infuses you with his presence. And guess what? God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes inside of you, he saves you. Romans 8, 9 says, those who have the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So God says, I guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a piece of me. And guess what? You can experience that banquet in part here on the earth. Anybody ever experienced the Holy Spirit's presence? Won't it fill you? <laughs> won't, won't, it, won't, it, won't, it, won't it give you peace? Won't it give you joy? Won't it, won't it, won't it satisfy your soul? So I want you to look to your neighbor and say, do, do I need to take you down? Because you're, God's calling your heart. I'm, I'm the preacher that doesn't say raise your hand. I'm not knocking those who do. Because I believe that Jesus died publicly on a hill. Did he not? He didn't die in a closet. He died publicly on a hill for all to see. And if God is calling you to submit yourself to him and to experience his grace, his love, his mercy, and his truth, and you know God has been wrestling with you by his Holy Spirit, he's been pricking your heart, I'm going to ask you to come down. And, and if you need help, just say, hey, hey, servant, take me down there. I'm the blind. I'm the lame. I'm the cripple. I'm the one in the hedges. Take me down. I need help. I need somebody to walk with me down there. And God will do that for you. Trust me, Andrew brought Peter to Christ, did he not? So if that's you and you, ready, you want to experience this grace, this mercy of our Father, that God will infuse you with who he is, I pray you come. I pray you come and experience the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Get this. I am not calling you to a religion. I'm calling you to a relationship with our master. I'm not calling you to rules and regulations. I'm calling you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So would you come? Would you come? Would you come experience the, 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 the grace and the mercy that only God gives? He, he'll, he'll wipe away your sins as far as the Bible says the east is to the west. Would you come? Thank you, sister, for coming. Would you come? Jesus is calling you. He says, would you come? He says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Some of you guys are not really living life right now. You know that God is calling you, so would you come? 
Would you come while the blood is running warm in your vein? Would you please come? God is calling you. Would you please, would you please come? Would you come down and submit your will, your life, your way to Jesus Christ? He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. Amen, sister. Amen. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. He says, I'm preparing a place for you. He says, you won't even believe the place I'm preparing for you. He's calling you. And guess what? One day he's going to come and he's going to take us home. Amen? Amen? Is there any more who want to experience not relation, not religion, but Jesus? Jesus. The person all humanity looks to and will look to when he comes in his second coming. Jesus Christ. Thank you for those who have come. Let us pray for these who have come. Come on down, sister. Come on, come on, come on. 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 Come on, pastors. Come on. Let's surround them, pastors. Come on. Come on. Amen. Keep praying, saints. Keep praying. Amen. Come on. There's still room. Yeah, yeah. Come on. There's still room. 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 Come join this banquet. Come be filled. Come experience grace. Come experience his mercy. Come experience his truth. Please come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these who have come. God, we thank you so much for your grace, your mercy that's going to anoint them, Lord, to run all over them, God. We thank you so much for the spirit you're pouring into them right now, God. You have sealed them with your spirit, God. Thank you so much for your sacrifice on the cross, God. Thank you so much for the un, 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 unfailing love that you have for your people, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing these who have come. Thank you so much for loving them unconditionally, Lord. You said you'll never leave them nor you'll forsake them, God. God, thank you that you have authored their faith and you're going to perfect it even to the day of Christ, God. So, Lord, I ask that you fill them with joy. Fill them with peace, Lord. Remove the, the, the guilt. Remove the shame, Lord. Remove any condemnation. For the word says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord. So free them, Lord, by your spirit, Holy Spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, God, to allow them to walk out of here different than they came in. Father, I pray you give them a ministry. Not a works, but one of a ministry of presence, Lord. They will take you wherever they go because your spirit lives inside of them, Lord. So, God, thank you that you have brought more into your family, your fold. And that, Father, there was still room in the end, God. Still room in, in the banquet, God. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to see seeds that have been watered and have been planted come to increase. Only because of you, Jesus. Only because of you, Lord. We thank you so much for your grace. 
and your mercy for these who have come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give my hand, please.